we do not often think of the Holy Ghost in Christmastide. And yet, from the very beginning of Advent, the references to the mysterious operations of the Holy Ghost and to His divine presence have been abundant in the sacred liturgy. In fact, in the very first days of Advent, the antiphons concerning the Blessed Virgin Mary and the mystery of the Annunciation speak to us of the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost, by which the Eternal Son took flesh in her virginal womb, entering this world as priest and as victim. Today, on the second day of Christmas, the emphasis in the sacred liturgy is on the Holy Ghost. If we listen attentively to the chants and to the texts given us by Mother Church today, if we ask the Holy Ghost to open our eyes and to open the ear of our hearts, we will discover that the Holy Ghost is presented to us today as the invisible divine agent of the mystery of the Incarnation and of that continuation of the Incarnation in the mystical body of Christ, the Church. And St. Stephen is presented to us today as the first masterpiece of the Holy Ghost in the early Church. And this is already evident in the introit, which is taken from Psalm 118, that long litany in praise of the Torah, the way, the truth, and the life. Like Jesus, Stephen prays the Psalms. The Psalms are for all Christians, but especially for monks, the privileged means of communion with the innermost sentiments of the heart of Jesus. The Psalter is for all Christians again, but especially for the monk, the sacrament, small s, of our communion with the prayer of Jesus to the Father. And this is something that we see illustrated dramatically in St. Stephen. And so the Church opens Holy Mass today with Stephen praying from Psalm 118. And he describes his own passion. Princes did sit. These are the princes of, of uh, the Jews. Princes did sit and speak against me, and the wicked persecuted me. Help me, O Lord my God, for thy servant 
is occupied in thy commandments. This means, of course, that uh, Stephen's heart is wholly given over to the things that please the Lord Jesus, just as the heart of Jesus was wholly given over to the will of his Father. And then we come to this account of the Passion of St. Stephen in the Acts of the Apostles. What must be noted immediately is that the same St. Luke, who gave us the account of the Annunciation and the overshadowing of the Blessed Virgin Mary by the Holy Ghost, gives us this account of the Church overshadowed by the Holy Ghost in the person of St. Stephen, the proto-martyr. And just as St. Luke describes Mary in the angel's greeting as full of grace, so today does he describe St. Stephen as full of the Holy Ghost. So we have Mary full of grace at the Annunciation, and today we have Stephen uh, full of the Holy Ghost. And what does he do under the the entrees of the Holy Ghost, under the, the, the action, the influence, the impulse of the Holy Ghost? Stephen looked up steadfastly into heaven. St. Luke uses that verb steadfastly. He didn't merely gaze uh, for a moment heavenward, but this means that he fixed his gaze on the heavens. This speaks to us of the virtue of perseverance in prayer. Here is Stephen suffering his passion, and he fixes his gaze on the heavens. He looks upward steadfastly. You know, of course, that in the Bible, to raise one's eyes heavenward signifies to pray. We have this in St. John's account of the prayer of Jesus at the Last Supper, and elsewhere, when Jesus prays, he lifts his eyes heavenward. And the Church, attentive to this detail given us in the Gospels, uh, commands that the priest standing at the altar at the moment of the consecration lift his eyes heavenward. The priest standing at the altar becomes in that moment a living icon of Christ the priest. And the prayer of Christ the priest passes entirely into the priest standing at the altar, and that priest's personal prayer passes entirely into the prayer of Christ to the Father. And so Stephen raises his eyes and holds them there. And what does he see? The glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said... Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing 
on the right hand of God. Now, what Stephen sees in this hour of his passion, the church sees so often as she celebrates the holy mysteries. And this is why, at the end of the Gloria of the Mass, we sing in a lyrical way what St. Stephen describes in the lesson from the Acts of the Apostles. We sing, Quoniam tu solus sanctus, tu solus dominus, tu solus altissimus Jesu Christe. Uh, thou alone art holy, thou alone art Lord, uh, thou art most high, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Exactly what St. Stephen describes is taken up by the Church in the conclusion of the Gloria of the Mass. This tells us that Stephen's experience is that of the Church overshadowed by the Holy Ghost in the sacred liturgy. The liturgy is where the Church fixes her gaze heavenward. This is intensified at the Sursum Corda of the Mass, when the priest sings out that ancient cry, Hearts on high, Sursum Corda. The people respond, Habemus ad Dominum. We are holding them turned towards the Lord. This is the effect, if you will, of the secret operation of the Holy Ghost in the Church and in every soul. One cannot submit to the action of the Holy Ghost without lifting one's eyes and one's heart heavenward. Isn't this what St. Paul says? No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. What is it to say Jesus is Lord if not to lift one's eyes heavenward, there to recognize him as Stephen did, uh, standing at the right hand of the glory of the Father? And then Stephen is cruelly murdered, a horrible death, this stoning from all sides. And he calls upon God and he repeats the very verse of Psalm 30 that Jesus prayed from the cross. Something very interesting happens here. When Jesus prayed from the cross, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He was taking that verse of Psalm 30 but where the psalmist said, Lord, into thy hands I commend my spirit, Jesus changes it to Father. He makes it a filial prayer. Stephen, for his part, takes that same verse. The Holy Ghost reproduces in Stephen's soul the prayer of the crucified to the Father in the hour of his passing over. And Stephen, 
modifies, in the liberty of the Holy Ghost, that same verse of Psalm 30, addressing it now to Jesus, saying, Lord Jesus, into thy hands do I commend my spirit. So we see how the same verse of Psalm 30, given first to Israel in the psalm text itself, is changed by Jesus into Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, and then by Stephen, under the action of the same Holy Ghost, into Lord Jesus, into thy hands do I commend my spirit. He then kneels down and cries in a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And here Stephen is reproducing the prayer of Jesus from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do you see, what St. Luke wants us to understand in his description of the death of St. Stephen is that the Holy Ghost in Stephen reproduces Jesus crucified. That Stephen becomes a living icon of the crucified Jesus at the heart of the church. The prayer of Jesus from the cross passes into Stephen and becomes his own prayer in the hour of his passion and death. What we see and admire today in Stephen is the Father's will for each one of us that we should so submit to the mysterious secret operations of the Holy Ghost as to allow ourselves to be changed into living images of the crucified. This means that in proportion to our surrender to the Holy Ghost, the prayer of Jesus will fill our hearts and come to flower on our lips. Where is the Holy Ghost most intensely present, if not in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass? For in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, it is by the power of the Holy Ghost operating through the words of consecration that mere bread becomes the body of Christ and a little bit of wine mixed with water becomes the blood of Christ. If we could see what happens at Holy Mass, the Holy Ghost descends invisibly upon the altar. And the bread and wine placed on the altar at the offertory represent us. That bread placed on the altar, that chalice containing wine mixed with water, is those elements stand in for us. We cannot put ourselves physically on the altar, and so we are represented on the altar by the oblations of bread and wine. And those oblations become, by the power of the Holy Ghost and the words of consecration, 
the body and blood of Christ. That means that in every Holy Mass, we are overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. Every Mass is a kind of Pentecost. Every Mass constitutes the Church. We speak of Pentecost as the birthday of the Church, but the Church is born and reborn. The Church is constituted and reconstituted every time the Holy Sacrifice is offered. Because when the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is offered, the Holy Ghost descends. And when the Holy Ghost descends, extraordinary things happen, not only on the altar, but in us and around us. And so on this Feast of St. Stephen, I would go to the altar praying what the Church prays at Pentecost. Come, Holy Ghost, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love.